Your frequency is your greatest currency. Everything is going to respond to that. So if you sit around being like, talk about, you know, misplaced feminine energy, being damsel in distress, waiting for the universe to show up for you, waiting for money to show up for you, it's not going to happen because of the level of power that you're leading with, which it's fully outsourced to money in the universe instead of you leading yourself boldly. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, my baddies. Welcome back to Cosmic RX Radio. And honestly, today's episode is going to be such a treat. Sit down, get ready, and we're going to be talking about money, honey, but in a high vibe, divine femme, cosmically aligned way. Today's guest, just get the pen and paper out. I know she's going to be dropping so many pearls, so many gems, so many truth bombs on us. We have today on the podcast, Jocelyn Kelly Reed. And she is here for just basically one major mission to lead women towards making a big impact to get rich, work less, love that, play more, really love that, and fall in love with life. Amen. This money queen has had her fair share of success. She worked for actually the largest asset manager in the world for seven years, grew a direct sales team of 100 people for a social impact brand, and closed over $1 million in sales for a luxury furniture line in under a year at her last full-time position. Jocelyn clearly understands money on a 3D level, but after going through a major emotional and spiritual crack open, which included leaving a toxic relationship, who can relate, and getting out of six figures in debt, Jocelyn mastered how to call in money on a spiritual and energetic level and now rocks a seven-figure business. We're obsessed. It is through these emotional, spiritual, and feminine principles that Jocelyn masters her relationship with money. So let's give it up. I am so excited to have your new spiritual bestie and today's cosmic change maker, Jocelyn, on the pod. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. I think that yours is the first show that I've been on that is heavily tilted toward astrology. So I'm excited about that too. Oh, I'm excited. I was listening to you on some podcasts and I heard you drop in some good like astro wisdom. So I'm like, oh, we're going to have fun. So in that vein, why don't you tell everyone we heard your, your muggle bio. Tell us like your cosmic bio. What's your big three? My big three. So I'm an Aries sun, I'm a Sag moon, and I'm a Scorpio rising. Ugh. I mean, do we see why she's the money queen? If you don't, we're going to illustrate why, but I love that big three for the work you do and how you do it. On that note, why don't you tell us a little bit in your own words, yeah, like what you do and maybe even like how you got started because your background is super interesting to me of, of how you landed here and now doing what you do. Yeah. So my background's very varied, of course. And it makes sense now, right? Because I'm pretty much here to help women on the planet step into businesses that they love, make all the money, honey, really align with their feminine energy, 
really be in the vibes of getting paid to be ourselves and not no longer needing to do things on this linear timeline or the ways that we were taught by the quote unquote matrix that we need to do them. And so we can collapse time and just basically do normalize having the extraordinary, having the unimaginable, you know? And so it makes sense to me that I've had such a very professional background because if you look at what I do now, well, I'm helping other people build their businesses who are going to be coming from a lot of different backgrounds and have a lot of different areas of focus. And so I would say overall, my journey in terms of like my spirituality, my healing, et cetera, was ignited by my five-year rock bottom where there's a lot going on in Pluto. I think I have a Scorpio placement in Pluto. You know, it is deep. (laughs) (laughs) You're like me and Pluto decided to ride deep in this lifetime together. We rode rode so deep. Pluto's also in my 12th house. Oh, yeah. And you have your, like me, Saturn in Scorpio. Oh, Lord. And Pluto, yeah. It explains everything. <laughs> yeah. We, you have your Pluto right there in your 12th, Saturn on your right. You know, like, yeah, you're, you're in a lifelong, like, companionship with Pluto energy. <laughs> right. Like, learn to love the dark, right? But we turn it into light and we transmute it into something beautiful, which is what I did, right? So my rock bottom, I had left finance. That's where I was working for BlackRock. I moved to Los Angeles. I'm sorry, I left San Francisco. That's where I was working in Florida, BlackRock. I moved to Los Angeles. And literally, I was thinking I was moving to somewhere warm, sunny. Life was going to be easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. That is exactly what did not happen. Plot <laughs> twist. She was not easy, breezy. <laughs> Nothing easy, breezy, baby. It was like, welcome to the dark side. So what happened to me is I had a complete unraveling. All my trauma surfaced. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my career. I burned through all my money. I developed a psychic addiction while I was also having a really major psychic awakening, meaning I was hearing voices. I was having crazy premonition dreams, even about that on and off relationship I was in, down to him getting engaged to the woman that I assume he's married to by this point. And when he would come and go get in other relations, come back. Like my dreams were like a play by play, which you think I would have listened, but I wasn't. (laughs) And I was hearing voices. I was hearing things way out in the distance that were too far away. Do you know what I mean? To logically be heard. And it was so interesting because I wasn't spiritual. I mean, I was forced into a journey of right. Reclaiming my spirituality and the essence of my soul. But it was like, I was forced into it. It wasn't something I was curious about. And so due to that, this was extremely frightening. I burned through all my money and I wound up in a health crisis. So I had fibroids. I had to have open surgery. And that's honestly what brought me to my knees. I could not work. I was bleeding on the sofa for months while they were trying to get me to stop bleeding so I could have surgery. And I had nothing, nothing to do at that point besides look in the mirror because I had not been someone who was plagued by a lot of health issues either. And it was like every single area of my life, literally every financially, emotionally, just career-wise, like everything had hit the floor. Like, yes, I had transitioned careers, but then I had to leave my job. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in LA anymore. And honestly, at that time, I found Louise Hay, and I'm so grateful for her because I looked up the spiritual reason for fibroids and... It was romantic shame. Oh, shit. Louis, I love Louis. I do that for everything. I stub my toe. I'm like, what did Louise Hay say? But damn. <laughs> okay. Like, what was that like reading that? You're like on point. Yeah. And I just got more curious. You know how it is. It's like once you open the book, you keep reading, you keep reading, you keep reading, and you find more teachers and more information. And I started to learn more about my trauma and all of these things. 
And ultimately I moved to New York and I did manifest the money to move to New York. I did get another full-time job in the interior design industry. I did know and decide that that was going to be the last one. Like I had this feeling that I was intended to be an entrepreneur, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that this last job was it. Like I remember sitting on the sofa in my old living room and just deciding that, but it was like deciding, but also it came to me. You know, and so then during that time, I was obviously doing my thing in my job and I was learning a lot about manifestation and energetics and looking at my trauma and really just having that realization that I had been such an active participant in creating my life to the state that it was in. So in a way, fantastic, because if I created this, then I can create something else. Ooh, I love that reframe. I love that. And I think that we forget that we'll feel Mm -hmm. victim to circumstance. But actually, if you take the level of ownership over your life, we were in the driver's seat all along without realizing. So great. We can like turn the car around and go in a different direction. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like that's such a such a big aha. So what did that look like? So you had your spiritual awakening, but what did it feel like to start to kind of shift your life around? Like, how did that look for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it happened in steps. A lot of it was more like sorting through my trauma and like, why had I been acting the ways that I had been acting? Right. Mm -hmm. And so some of it is going to be because honestly, if you think about the level of financial destruction I created, it didn't make a lot of sense. I grew up well off. My siblings haven't gone through this. My dad was the rags to riches story, but there's not been this like the high and the low. And do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in financial terms, But if I look back at my lineage where there was a lot of like addiction, abuse, financial chaos, et cetera, et cetera, it makes perfect sense. And I believe that quite often it's like, if you're interested in work like this, you're the person who kind of like transcends so much of what the lineage has experienced over and over. And while my dad did create a certain level of transcendence on the 3D plane, my role was just completely different. So I do feel like I'm that person in my lineage. And also I don't view it as heavy because it's like, I reap the rewards as well. In my personal life, I get to heal the lineage story and also help other people do the same and create their dream lives. Like, I think sometimes when people hear that, they're like, Oh, that's so much responsibility. I'm like, well, no matter what you're responsible for your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, Either way, like let's go is sort of how I view it. And I found Lacey Phillips' work to be magnetic. I was doing that for a while. And I had started just learning more about manifestation. And I remember attracting a business consulting opportunity. And that paid me my New York rent in a few hours of like teaching and having my brain picked, you know? And I was like, okay. And I started mm-hmm. to realize that like money actually gets to be easier. Oh, wait, you get to be paid for your actual wisdom, not just like doing things and checking boxes and managing a project plan. That was a big eye opener. And then I realized that I love business and I love money, but I wanted to help individual people more than I wanted to support corporations or businesses, if that makes sense. Even though my clients have businesses, you got my point. Right. But you want to support the people behind the business, the people who are shaping yeah, the culture, making the choices, like the leader, the entrepreneur, founders. And that's really incredible. And I like your, you know, I'm going to go one into a little astrology because before when I was listening to your podcast, I was like, I'm so curious about one thing in your chart because your story to me is such the embodiment. Like you said, you, you grew up with a certain amount of wealth and comfort and clearly like you understood it. You're working at BlackRock, like clearly you're already like there. You weren't like 
born with a money story, you know, that you knew of. So I was wondering, I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on with her Chiron, because Chiron is the wound that we have to move through and like face and we can overcompensate or we can completely ignore it for usually the first like 33 years of our life. And then there's something that happens like we have to go on this really uncomfortable journey that's like breakdown to breakthrough, going right into the heart of something we don't want to look at to expand open, like it's like this key glyph is how it's represented in your chart. It like opens up the rest of like the potentiality and the beauty and the expansiveness of your full potential. And it's like the wound you turn into your magic wand and then you help other people with it. And so when you were talking, I was like, I wonder what our Chiron's in because you had it, right? You had money on a certain level. On the 3D level, everyone's like, great, check, check, check. She's successful. Oh yeah. I was investing. I was maxing out my 401k. I had cash in the bank. I did everything right. On paper, like, right, right, right. But then you're like, oh, there was something else. So when we looked it up, I saw your Chiron is in Taurus, the sign of money, security, but bigger than that. That's the kind of the like simplistic, reductive way of looking at Taurus. It's security, it's stability, but it's really this like embodied, I think about feminine because Taurus is ruled by Venus, this like embodied worthiness and this embodied, like almost nature energy, like nature is abundant. So, so am I, and I belong in every space I enter and I like, I deserve to rest and I deserve to receive, which I know is a big part of your work that I want to get into, but I just wanted to really use your story. I think sometimes people are confused by Chiron, like what? I had this wound, but it's actually working out for me, but I have to go through it, but I don't want to because you got to unlock that key, like such a different energy of Taurus. That's like multidimensional, beautiful. And now you're helping. I was listening to your podcast, all these testimonials of your clients. I'm like, oh, that Chiron and Taurus medicine, like you are bringing that to the world. So I just really wanted to speak on that and, and how beautifully you're living out your chart in that way. I mean, it's so cool, right? Because if Taurus is overseas love and money, all of my greatest lessons have come through love and money, right? And they happen to be the two things people care about most on the planet. <laughs> getting laid, getting paid. That's why I say I'll always have a job because people want to know when's it happening? How's it happening? And love and money. It's everything. And, and your Chiron is on your seventh house. It has to do with partnerships and love and understanding like how we co-create and collaborate with another person too. So I, I just love that example because sometimes people are so confused by Chiron. I'm like, no, I swear it's a gift, even though it, it kind of sucks looking at it in the moment, but it opens up so much. So. And it makes sense, even the timeline you said, because my breakdown was during my Saturn return. Uh, like, I didn't know. I was going to ask you what year, but I already kind of knew. I'm like, it's got to be. <laughs> I mean, it went on for a while, but it was. Right. And then I started my business. I'm in my fourth year and I'm turning 40 this year. So my business started, I guess, like towards my later 30s. Oh, so it probably started, it sounds like, then during your Jupiter return, perhaps. Your Jupiter return is usually around like 36 or so. Yeah, exactly. It's when we kind of take our Saturn return lesson and get to like blow open Jupiter style, get really expansive with that. And yeah, I love your chart, everything we're looking at in it, because I'm like, oh, at one, I relate to, a, we have some very similar placements. We're both here, like your North Node, your highest purpose line is in Gemini. And that is like to be a teacher and take sort of all of this ancient wisdom and really almost wisdom that used to be kind of like behind walls or people were gatekeeping it and bring it out to people and share and connect and have a podcast and use your voice and make this stuff like anyone can learn it if they're ready, willing, right? Open and able. And I have that same thing too. So it's sort of like the, the work you do, which I want to get into now is like, you're sort of taking this watermelon of information. Like, I mean, you're taking information from multiverses from what I've heard from you in your podcast, but then you bring it out in these little like 
digestible tool. So can we begin to talk about a little bit of your framework that you use to help walk people through understanding like the energetics of money and these kind of like energetic signatures I've heard you talk about? Totally. I mean, there's so many ways I teach about money. So let me see what's going to be most <laughs> most valuable in this case. I think that what we we have to initially step into is understanding that money is just a resource, right? So like air, food, water, it is simply a resource. We interact with it every day. It's just loaded, right? But it tends to be that we're not like, am I going to take another breath? When I turn the faucet on, is water going to come out? When I go to the grocery store, is there going to be food? But the programming around money, because money is so connected to power, goes very deep, right? And so we pick up a lot of stories around what it means to have money and what it means to have power. And so I'm always sharing around how money is drawn to power like a moth to a flame. And sometimes it's kind of a quote unquote lower frequency expression of power as we see on the world stage always. But sometimes it's a much higher frequency of power. For example, Mother Teresa, who died worth $20 million, right? It's like money isn't going like, ooh, is it, a, is it a yummy expression or not? Money is just attracted to power, period, right? And so for those of us who desire to move through the world in these very like authentic ways that are true to us, the work is honestly coming back to a very high level of personal power because we have our power outsourced to family stories. We have a power outsourced to what people think of us to how people are perceiving us on the internet, to, do you know what I mean? So many different areas. I mean, this is most people's worst problem is that they are requiring so much external validation to get up and go and to stay going, which is extremely leaky when it comes to power. And you're going to get the validation. Of course, you make money, you have clients, et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't come through that need being your leading frequency, right? And so there's a lot of learned sovereignty in this journey mm. and basically uncovering the places that we aren't fully sovereign. And, and, and of course, we're human. So connection is always going to be a piece of this. But I think you get my point. And even in ways that we interact with the universe, for example, and people do this with money as well. They're like, oh, well, I want to trust the universe. I want to trust money. Da-da-da-da. And I'm like, you need to trust yourself. The universe and money are only showing you where you're at with you, right? They amplify the frequency you already bring. And I was actually just in Voxer in one of my masterminds saying to one of my clients, your frequency is your greatest currency. Everything is going to respond to that. So if you sit around being like, talk about, you know, misplaced feminine energy, being damsel in distress, waiting for the universe to show up for you, waiting for money to show up for you, it's not going to happen because of the level of power that you're leading with, which it's fully outsourced to money in the universe instead of you leading yourself boldly. Oh my gosh. I mean, just retweet like everything, heart, everything you just said is so accurate. And I think it's a really big, there's something happening in, you know, spiritual conversations. I feel like at some point everyone's like, oh, like money is energy. It's like, okay, yes, a little productive, but yes. But there's a thing like, I trust the universe. I trust, I trust. But it's also like, well, you have to trust yourself. Like that's what being in your power and being sovereign is. And so I like that you brought that up. And I love your frequency is your currency, your energy is your currency. I feel like the baddies at home are listening. I've been talking about since we've entered the age of air. That's always been true. But as we enter this next like 20 years, like air and our currency, and the energy we bring to things is going to matter so much more than the credentials behind our knee or how perfect our website looks or everything. It's just like, because we're all going to be so like sensitive to energy and be able to sniff something out right away of just like, 
nope, that, that's not it. That's not for me. So I love that you brought that up. And one thing that I'm really obsessed with your work is really grounded in a lot of practical, I'd say like 3D muggle good information, but then you bring in so much wisdom, um, especially around like feminine energy. So would you mind sharing a little bit of like how you work with people to help expand their feminine energy to make them more magnetic, to help them receive more? And like just that difference of, like I know you've talked about, you've made money in the very quote unquote masculine way and how that looks different from this way. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's something that women have to learn or, you know, women with a feminine core, right? That is very interesting that we all have to keep in mind is the business and money worlds were built by men, right? So we live in an extreme, when it comes to success, when it comes to creation, we live in an extremely masculine culture. And we have sort of subconsciously adopted the belief, well, then that must be the only way rather than simply understanding that men built the business and money world. If women had built the business and money world, it would look different. I'm not saying either is better or worse. It's more about understanding where you fit. <laughs> right? Understanding the rules of the game. Who built the game? Who built the stadium? Who's benefiting? It's so important. You're so right. Like that's all that's happening. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, even basic differences, like men's hormones are in, on a 24 hour, hour cycle. They mostly feel the same every day. We're going through different ebbs and flows all month. The phases in the month where we're most productive are going to move around. Like their testosterone peaks at 9 a.m. No wonder all the meetings are in the morning, you know, whereas for us, ours happens later in the afternoon. Like there's so many differences that we have. We're even biologically built to receive. They're biologically built to penetrate. Like just these basic differences that we have to take into consideration when going out to build the lives that we want and understanding one isn't better than the other, they are simply different. And for me, I'm like, I don't want to be a man. I wasn't built to do the hunting and et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't want to. Why would I like put myself in a situation where that's required when in all reality, I have my own business? Like that is not required at all. And it doesn't mean damsel in distress, right? And mm -hmm. so I think what we have to understand is we all have masculine and feminine energies within us, man or woman. It's just if you're a woman, you're going to lean more on the feminine most likely, or if you identify that way. And it's about like the harmonization. And mm -hmm. so to me, what I see people doing when they're kind of like masculine overdrive as women is there's too much focus on strategy. There's too much focus on logic. And those things are very important. So we're not doing the pendulum swing. They're wildly important. If you want a big successful business and you don't understand strategy, good luck, right? It's going to be very challenging. But the strategy is there to support your feminine energy, right? And your feminine energy comes through in the way that you actually do lean on your intuition. You do actually allow yourself to be led. You actually do the healing work to release. And this is important for men too, but I'm just largely speaking to women. It's like you do the healing work to release these imprints that you picked mm. up from your family, from your lineage, from society, from past lives that have basically contorted and manipulated you into some version of what society desires for you to be, right? So that's going to be controlled by the patriarchy. That's going to be controlled by the matrix. That is never going to be true to your soul. And so the work is always getting into the truth of your soul. Like success is going to match that truth because as soon as you start moving more like you and less how you were imprinted to move, you learn how to trust yourself. You learn how to follow intuition, right? And then you have the masculine underneath you supporting that and doing the doing and bringing things to life. You see everything unfold because like so much of the greatest lesson and opportunity for being human and aren't incarnating at all is to get back to who you really were. Mm. not were in a previous version, but like who you really are, right? Mm -hmm. The fullest expression of your soul. 
And so, so much of the work, no matter whether it's how we look at things, no matter whether it's our healing, no matter whether it's a somatic work, like whatever it is, is understanding that like this is a return to wholeness. And so when you're looking at building money, building wealth, building a business, we want to do that from a frequency of fullness of wholeness, knowing that that's going to evolve and deepen over time versus saying, for example, you quit your full-time job. And then what most people do is immediately bring in all the conditions that they learned in the corporate world and they bring them into the business. And they're like, why is my business not making more money? Well, are you surprised? Mm, But we don't realize that we're doing it, right? So there's a lot of like peeling back the layers to even understand how you're unconsciously operating from basically the perspective of the system. Even with money, right? When people want to make money the devil (laughs) or like make rich people bad or hate on money or think that good people don't have wealth. Like that one gets me so deeply because I'm like, do you understand that, for example, the matrix wants you to believe that rich people are bad, that money is bad so that you continue not to have any so that you can be controlled. Right. So when you think that you're out there saving the world, saying how money doesn't matter, et cetera, et cetera you are actually buying into the exact system that you claim to be protesting. And what you're actually avoiding is looking at your discomfort around the wealth that is actually going to set you free and help other people be set free too. Because the reality of living in this world is when you have money, you're very hard to control. Hello, sovereignty. And that's what we actually need. But we're in the business of let's do it from places that feel good. Let's do it from places that positively impact the planet, right? You get to do it that way. It's just that like you choose the paradigm that you do it within and that's an available choice. Yes. And also like if you want to really be an agent of change in this world, you're going to need money. You're going to need money to get it done. Get it done. Like it's just, and I think you're so right that just by believing that, by believing that money is evil or people who have money are evil, just sort of inherently like keeps you like stiff armed distance away from ever allowing yourself to embody that or to be in that. So oh, this is why I love, I heard you say on a podcast one time, you're like, or I don't know who you're talking to, which podcast it was, but you're like, yeah, I'm giving financial advice, but not like no Dave Ramsey vibes here, honey. <laughs> if you have that, you shouldn't even go to dinner. Are you kidding me? I think that's like everything you're saying too, is almost this like embracing, you know, I love money. Money loves me. It doesn't have power over me, but it's a, it's a resource, it's a tool, just like I love sunshine and, and water like and fresh air. So I, I love this like first step of even just reframing, like how do we feel energetically around money? And I think that's part of it too, is that even to think of being successful, it feels like it's something that only like yeah, hard work strategy, very like masculine things like grind, 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 struggle, struggle, struggle. Or like deprive, deprive, deprive. If you have a avocado toast or a latte, you're never going to buy a house. And you're like, really? Like it, <laughs> it feels a little like, like. Ugh. Well, it's suffering, right? Yeah. And the, I feel like the very first thing I got on board with inside this business was that I'm unavailable for suffering and constriction is suffering. And it's really interesting. Like I have a new money program that I'm teaching pretty soon called Overflow. Because I realized that, you know, obviously I've stepped into great success, et cetera, et cetera. And I have a lot of programs about money, but this is from kind of my current evolution. And so what I realized is that the paradigm of kind of like the middle class money mindset is really rampant. And I'm not saying being middle class is wrong. Absolutely not. But this is genuinely what it is, where it's literally like you try to constrict your way into wealth and it never works. No one gets rich doing that. That is not how wealthy people got wealthy. You learn how to leverage money and leverage energy Mm. to make more money and then you eclipse out the debt. 
there's no amount of constricting. So what ends up happening is they're like, okay, I want the thing, right? Then it's like, save money, constrict money, get the thing. And then you're back at square one. You have the thing, you still don't have more money or you have like some smidgen amount more. Mm. I never did that. Like even when I had the hundred K in debt, right? I was leveraging myself and I had very little money in the bank, but I still got in a program because I knew it was required for growing myself and growing the business. Let's say I had 12K in the bank at that time. I then invested as soon as I quit my job into a 12K program on a payment plan. But guess what? A few months later, I was having 30K months, right? And we continued to quantum leap since then. If I had followed middle-class money mindset, I would have been like, oh, I can't do anything till I pay off the debt. Do you know how long it would have taken me to pay off $100,000 in debt paycheck to paycheck? We have no idea. I mean, this would have been going on for like 20 years. Instead, I collapsed time from the beginning of my business to my first six-figure month in sales in two years by not being prisoner to a middle-class money mindset and deciding to create overflow to eclipse out the debt rather than saving my way into it. Oh, I love that. It's like, that. if you want more money, make more money. Constriction <laughs> doesn't get you out of debt. Like, oh, I love, I love hearing like, yeah, your Scorpio Taurus access understanding because we know like taxes is money and Scorpio is kind of like the price of making money and whatever that is, debt, taxes. And we do spend money to make money, which I think is what a lot of people don't want to understand about yeah. money is like, you got to move money to receive more money. This is the game. And does that feel true on all levels, like energetically, but also just from a business advice perspective? When you're saying that, I'm thinking of both. I'm like, well, yeah, you got to spend money to make money. They're, you know, hiring coaches or strategists or investing in new, you know, things to build out new products. But also like money is, it's currency. It wants to move. So when it's like money holding on to it, it's just, it's like supposed to be this like ebb and flow and, and giving it out and receiving it. It's sort of like love. I feel like I'm always giving love examples and relationship examples. Is this my Taurus? This is your Taurus. Also, I forgot to mention that your Venus, your sign of love is in Taurus right next to that. So it's doubling down. Yes, but continue. Doubling down. Well, we're calling in the man too. We got money sorted. So now our next project is love. Okay. Remind me before we have the podcast, I have something to say about that in your chart. So keep going. Oh my gosh, please tell me because it's definitely the, the next area of mass. I mean, I, I have so much understanding and love for relationships. And it's funny because I was always, always in a relationship when I was younger. And I think I was intentionally called to go on this sovereignty journey. 100%. And now it's like, okay, we went from really codependent. Now we're sovereign. Now let's like meet in the middle and call in love from this place. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Because it's something I've always thought is interesting too. So for some people, they're intended to meet the partner and then grow together on this style of journey. And then other people like me, it's like they come in once you're there. And you keep growing. But I think so much of it is because of what I'm here to teach. And I actually had to learn like real sovereignty in a different way than maybe some other people need to for their journey. But on the money front too, what I wanted to say is that's really interesting is that, oh, well, beyond just investing in yourself, think about all the ways you make money. You put, you know, in crypto and invest in the stock market and other private investments. And like, there's just, you don't make more money without moving money. Oh, and the love example was, so for example, let's say in a relationship, if we're always holding on, we're always constricted, we're always in this tight energy, well, it doesn't go very well. And it usually repels the other person. So it's the Mm -hmm. same thing with money. You know, it actually doesn't serve you. And I don't mean to like throw your money around in aligned ways. I always say move from a place of desire, even with flowing our money, which I call it flowing instead of spending. (laughs) But 
it's very similar. And I feel like a lot of time we can understand the love principles because people are tend to be better studied in love than they are in money. But it's it's a very similar frequency. So it's like you want this open, juicy relationship. You want it coming to you. You want more, 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 more. You actually have to have this open energy. You actually have to be able to give and you have to be able to receive, right? You have to be able to stay the long game. You can't just like bounce out after two weeks, right? And be like, because a lot of times we have kind of an anxious relationship with money and that turns into an avoidant relationship with money, right? It's like, it's stressing us out. It's stressing us out. We're in desperation. We're panting after it. Then we're like, F this, money doesn't own me instead of actually looking at our stuff, right? We act like children and then we get avoidant and then we don't look at the bank account. We don't address anything. We, we aren't proactive, et cetera, et cetera. And neither one gets us anywhere. So it's like just the same way that it won't get you anywhere in love. Why don't you actually take the time to build a relationship? Because it's a relationship. It's one of the most important you're ever going to have in your life. We interact with money every single day. You will for the rest of your life. So if there's going to be something in your life that is there all the time, why wouldn't we want it to be like the juiciest, most delicious relationship mm. available? Oh, amen. I, I love that. And it, it's so true because I'm like, wow, you're really talking about my side in return. I was like, yeah, what you were describing about just getting the avoidant, like, I don't need money. Who cares? And like, I'm just not going to check my statements. Mom. And you're like, that'll work. And then you're like anxious and unhappy and totally out of your power. And and I was $100,000 in debt being like, money doesn't matter. Like, are you kidding me? What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's just such good real talk. Because before I get into the um, thing that I want to share about some of your astrology coming up, you mentioned something about flow, flow, or growing your money, flowing your money. And that's something you have these like four, my four steps. Yeah, tell yeah. me your four steps because I love, 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 love this. Like sometimes I listen to someone say something, and I'm like, oh damn, I wish I thought of that because that's exactly how I feel. But you laid it out so beautifully. So yeah, tell us about the four. Yeah. So it's receiving money, holding money, growing money and flowing money. And Mm -hmm. no matter where you hear this in my program overflow, I'm going to be teaching a lot about this, but here's the vibe. A lot of us first, we just learn how to receive money. Mm -hmm. Money is just coming in and we're like, okay, right. We've opened a portal. Learning how to receive money is huge, right? Mm -hmm. When I was in a hundred thousand dollars of debt, I was not very good at receiving money. <laughs> so oh it God. is a very important part of the step. But what I see, and I see it a lot with entrepreneurs, is it starts to like kind of end there where it's like, wait a minute, why is it that no matter how much money I'm making in my business, there's always the same amount of money in the bank? Mm. And I don't think it's just entrepreneurs. I just primarily mentor entrepreneurs, right? Because I've heard it from people with full-time jobs as well. And it's like, and you see it with you see it with people all the time, right? Like the the lottery winners and the money's gone and like and you're like, what did you do with all that money? Or the athletes or whoever it is, and they cannot hold on to money, right? These people have made like fifty million dollars and they're bankrupt. You're like, what did you do with fifty million dollars? That's a perfect example of being good at receiving money and having no clue how to hold on to it, right? And it's because their programming is running the show. It's because their nervous system isn't acclimated to it. And it's this energy of like, there's not this, like I talk a lot in my world about relaxed money and having this like grounded neutrality around it. And those people subconsciously, when they receive that much money and then it's gone in a few years, their programming and the way that they feel is like, it's never going to come back. This is once in a lifetime. (laughs) It's like all this panting energy. So they spend, 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 spend because they think this is like their only chance, right? They don't know how to hold a long-term relationship with money. They don't know how to hold a long-term relationship with wealth right? Not just in how you move it in the practical. Like obviously if you make that much money, you want to be investing a lot of it and doing all these different things and 
watching your taxes and blah, 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 blah. Like there's the 3D side of it, but there's also like energetically, are you grounded and neutral and relaxed around money? Because until you are, it's be very hard to hold on to it, right? So what do they try to do? What do people do? Holding on to it turns into constriction. We already talked about why that doesn't work. These are not the same frequency. Holding money simply means that it's like, it's light. It's almost like, you know, have my hands held up right now. It's like, yes, money just exists around me. Money is just part of my state of being, right? I'm not clenching. I'm not overspending. I'm not constricting. Money just is. And so then we learn how to do that, right? We feel safe with bigger numbers in the bank account. It's not scary. We actually get help with how to manage our money because a lot of the fear comes from, oh, I have so much money. I don't know what to do with it. More money, more problems, drama, drama. Not really. You can get help for anything. In fact, my experience, more money, less problems. So higher <laughs> <laughs> quality Wait, problems. Champagne problems. You're like, that champagne problems. But I'd much rather figure out what investments I want to make to optimize my taxes because I made so much money than like, how am I going to pay my rent? Which kind of problems do you want to have? There you go. Right? So it's higher quality problems. Then growing money is like, okay, so I'm comfortable with it existing and orbiting in my field, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to allow myself to take bigger steps to grow my money. And the practical, just help everybody understand the 3D side of it. It's like the investments you make in yourself, even though you're doing that just to receive money. Anyway, the the long-term investments you make, like basically what do you do with your money in order to grow your money? And can you hold the frequency of moving money to grow money? while also holding the frequency of money existing around you, right? So I've gotten myself to a place. I remember something really crazy happened at the end of last year. Like I moved $100,000 into a private investment for the tax deductions for two years and the long-term income. And it was interesting because the moment I moved it out of my account, I had my first six-figure week in my business the same week. And I was like, I've nailed the frequency. Ooh, and also like the flow, like you were just saying, like that the money wants to move too. <laughs> right. Like they can play together. It's not like, ooh, I moved a hundred grand and now I had this huge bank account dip. It's like, no, I know how to hold money and I know to make moves to grow my money. I know how to flow it. And so it's like, yes, when I flow it, well, I'm still a match for this money. So it came right back. And that money that I moved is making me more money in the future. Yeah, you maintain that frequency. You just held it. Yeah, but I didn't even know I'd mastered it until it happened. Like I'd play with it at smaller numbers, but it was the first time I'd moved $100,000 at once. Mm. I'd moved like 50, I'd moved like 20, ex- meaning all at once, et cetera, et cetera. But that was the biggest number. I was like, ooh, yeah, we still got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, okay, we're still working up here. Still got it. And then there's the flowing money too, where it's like, You know how we feel really good receiving money? Well, do you feel as good flowing money as you do receiving it? Are you like, "Mm, yes, love to support myself this way. Mm, Yes, love like what this gives to me in my life. Like when people have constriction around paying bills, I'm like, I don't even think about it like that. Am I available to not have heat, to not have light, food? Like, I'm just like, this is just an energy exchange for the things that I want to have. Yeah. And also it's like a blessing to like give that money back out into the world. Like, Years ago, I read this concept about like blessing your bills and be like, thank you. Especially if you're, you know, paying someone like go to my little local market here. I'm like, totally. you go. please take my money so you can take this money and do something for your family with it. Or even when I send off, you know, my cell phone payment, I'm like, bless you, Verizon. Like, I, it's an honor. It's a gift to be able to have, like, like this crazy thing. I live my whole life off of it. So, of course, like, yeah, take I'm my like, money. I'm my business from this phone. You think that I'm going to condemn my phone bill? This phone's helped me make millions of dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what a joke. I know. I love that. I, I love that take. Oh, 
That's that's so good. I I love that that framework and the the beginning of like how I'm sure you go so deeper in your in your offerings and your group coaching and your masterminds. But just to even like have that inquiry in ourselves. And I like your yeah. example of like yeah, I did it with a hundred thousand dollars. But like we can all practice just observing these energies, like you said, with a hundred, with a thousand dollars, like fifty dollars. Like when we go spend money on something, can we just sort of hold that pose that we're still in that frequency and not feel that like? Because I know I have felt. That like dip, like I am deep, I have deep like Irish scarcity in my bones. Like yeah. you have a lot of like generations of people who just like fought tooth and nail, you know, so work so hard, yeah. nine children, like famines and this, like I'm Rose Younger, I'd spend money on something that I completely needed, not even like a guilty fun shopping trip. And I would just feel this like drop in my stomach, like a hollowness, like Oh man, and that's what you're talking like, about. Like it doesn't like, even match your reality. It doesn't even match you know? my reality, right? You're like, I'm like, yeah. I'm fine. Like, but why do I have that? And I think exploring that, and and I like how you're bringing up so much of the practical, the energetic, um, but also what I'm hearing in you is is sort of the karmic things that we're clearing too. Like when you said all of your trauma came up, like clearly, like in your life, it sounds like that was yes, maybe from your life, but maybe past lives or your father's ragged and riches stories. And you said Mm -hmm. your other lineages were like, we're carrying so much, especially around money, because it's been the one real qualifier (laughs) or like, it's been such a a way to measure safety and security and and success in some ways. And, And we wrap up all these stories around it. So of course it lives so deep in us. So these are such great tools. And when you were talking about was it the flowing money? When you're talking about holding on to money and, and growing your money, I was thinking about one of my clients took this job that she didn't, actually didn't really need or want, but she wanted to do it because her boss is extremely wealthy and deals with extremely wealthy people. And she's like, I just want to start to get myself around the energy of to watching people them. talk about these sums of money, like they're you know, ordering takeout for lunch. Like, yeah, of course, like shoot that extra 30,000 to this charity. Okay, we're moving 100,000 today. And she's like, I want to start like acclimating to people who just, who aren't, like you said, holding it, but they're not gripping it. So when you said that, I'm like, oh, it's so, it's actually really cool. And again, we can't do that if we hate money or people who have money. And if we don't start where we're at, this is the other thing. People think they're going to step into this when they have more money. I'm like, you don't have more money until you start stepping into the frequency. Ooh, yes, yes. It's like you're going to wait to invest in yourself until you have more money, but the people making all the money are investing in themselves. You know what I mean? It's like you move first and the universe fault takes your lead. Oh, okay. I love this. I love this. This is so, so juicy. And so you have... Do you want to tell us a little about your offerings, like how you work with this? And people, if someone's listening at this point, they're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go deeper. What, is, what does that look like? Sure. There's so many. So I'll just cover a couple of them. And obviously, always DM me. Let me know. Because since we've been talking about a lot of money, I'll lean more on my money offers and the businessy ones. But there's Money Queen, which is my self-led abundance course. And that's really going to be about healing your relationship to money and learning to actually command it in on purpose, more the receiving side. I have a new course coming called Overflow, which is starting at the end of March, but you'll be able to buy it after. And that's all about living in a perpetual state of excess with money. So moving Mm -hmm. way beyond the just enough frequencies into the overflow vibes and like teaching you how I did that. I have a mastermind called Feminine Magic and Money. And that's where we Mm -hmm. do kind of like this deep quantum healing and manifestation work for deep embodiment of feminine wealth, pleasure, magic, and magnetism that I love. Mm -hmm. And I have so many business containers too. So that's a few of them. You can always... I, my Instagram is jocelyn.kelly.read. I'm really active there. You can check out my podcast, Queen Flow the Podcast. 
which is a real gem. And then there's my website, jocelynkellyreed.com. And obviously, like, just shoot me a DM too if you ever want to chat. Okay. Before we wrap up and before we ask you if there's anything else that you want to share that we didn't get to, um, and first of all, everyone, go follow her. Go give her a shout out. This is like truly, in all ways, valuable information. So much value here. Um, so speaking of value, and I, I like to sometimes, yeah, just give you something from your chart, something to look forward to, something to know as a thank you for, for coming on and being so generous. And speaking of values, you know, Venus in your chart, it's all things magnetism. It's all things being open, receptive, because it very much has to do with our values. So as you know, like, again, making money and attracting things is easier when we're clear on our values, you know, what just feels good for us to be in alignment with. And when we're clear on our value, what we bring to the table. And so that's why I love that Venus is this like goddess planet that helps us with love, money, beauty, pleasure, because of what you just said, when, when you're in that certain frequency, we attract everything from there, right? So you have your Venus and Taurus um, in your seventh house of partnerships. That is why I'm like, yeah, duh, like you were always in relationships. Venus and Taurus in the seventh house just knows love, knows how to, how to give it, how to receive it. Like, just like, yes, you came in understanding partnership, but I do think you have some other very independent placements in your chart, specifically your Mercury and Mars in Aries that were like in the fifth house of creativity and self-expression and really wanting to be seen for who you are. And I think that part of this journey, like you said, was to become sovereign and then attract because your Venus and Taurus is very magnetic, like almost attract someone at that level of like, here I am so on my own two feet beyond, created such an abundant, luscious overflow, like gorgeous life that like you get to come and be my energetic match to this. And also your sacred work of empowering other people with this education. So you've been doing that. And, you know, this past year, I'd be very curious of just like this spring, May to October, and then like December to now, if you've had a lot of like leaps and bounds, like growth, especially in terms of you and your energy and being seen and sort of the the fertility of your creativity and bringing a lot out into the world. Have you been sort of in a busier? There was a lot of financial success during those periods. And I manifested this dream Luxayaf apartment that I live in. I moved in in November. That was a huge quantum leap. So there was a lot kind of like on the material plane during the last quarter, specifically November, December, January. And then let's say I had my first six figure cash month last August. Okay. So yeah, you were having some big so there was expansion energy yeah. around that, around like your inner motivation and also something about like, yourself and also a lot of healing, I would say around inner child, like almost moments yeah. like, holy shit, look what we're doing, like inner child, like this is amazing. And there was a lot of just like identity work. Yes, like, yes. Not just not being triggered by the things. I'm always talking about this too, but seeing myself as someone who would have X, Y, and Z, you know? That's exactly it. You had Jupiter, this benefic planet of blessings and expansion, really going into like, your sense of the eye and identity and how you see yourself in all ways. And of course, we know sometimes expansion can be uncomfortable, but we know it's ultimately like, you see why, You're like, oh, I see why I'm being pushed to those, those growth edges. So that story is going to continue on definitely through April. It's going to pick up like your birthday times, bonkers, just a lot, lot of good juicy things happening. And then middle of May, there's going to be a little transition. We're going to feel like, okay, just a kind of like a catching of the breath, a leveling off, a sort of like, okay, like a rhythm from all that growth you did. And you're going to be from May of this year to May of 2024 on a similar, but energetically, it's going to feel a little different, a similar expansion journey around love and partnership. 
but like it's going to feel that growth might feel a bit more grounded, a little bit more juicy, a little bit more like a plant growing, right? A, a, a pace where it's growing. But you know, this last thing you went through was more of like a warp speed quantum quantum leap energy which we like those but i want love to feel a little more grounded i love it also we want to enjoy it like we don't want to rush that crush stage or like we want to really we want right like that's the best part we just want to like enjoy and savor it so i would say may around this year and be coming to kind of some sort of peak in like end of october and then continuing on like that's going to be like a really big turning point and then continuing to grow until may 2024 it's, it is a little bit like the universe, God's source, spirit, you know, whatever we, we believe in, whatever we call in is like, okay, like you understood the assignment. You did your Chiron and Taurus thing. You went all in, baby girl. And now someone to enjoy the queendom with and some sort of new understanding too, though, of like what grounded, you know, mutually adoring conscious relationship looks like when you're just in a place of such like steadiness and, and fruitful energy you created on your own, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you feel like it was always meant to be this way? Like it was always meant to be kind of like at this age? Cause it's really, cause I was always like, Hmm, because I was always in relationships. So it's really interesting that for the majority, like I was dating and stuff, but not like serious relationships for the majority of this piece of the journey. I haven't been, but you know, lots of people settled down earlier, this, that, and the other. And in a way, I'm like, I think this is the way it was supposed to be all along, even though it's run so counter to what most people do, but as is the rest of my life. And also, I don't really want to have kids and stuff. So I don't feel that biological clock ticking. It's just literally to someone enjoy my life with, you know? But yeah, so I'm like, was it supposed to be this way all along? I mean, I always say your chart says so much about your personal timing, right? Jocelyn's divine timing and you do you have so much of your journey your sacred like shamanic mission you're here on is to really reclaim the i the i am so Mm -hmm. we really do that best like on our own of course we get to then bring it to partnerships and get to be like ooh, the me informs the we and how cool is that and you're really here to build a relationship and have a relationship that is very like um taurus is where we're, we're meant to take our time there, Taurus doesn't want to be rushed. It's like nature. It's like, don't put a time limit on me. Taurus, we talk about same thing with Saturn energy, but they're not fast fashion. They're not fast food. No, I always say I'm like, I'm timeless. Are you kidding me? It's timeless. <laughs> it's like, it's beyond time. So that's the part of your chart. It's about relationships. And you do, you have, you have some big missions and you have Saturn in the 12th house, which is usually like, we're going to make you go on a deep karmic journey break down every false pretense, every coping mechanism, any emotional like crutch you had that was keeping you from your most brilliant and expansive and badass and limitless self. And the journey of it in the moment like you experienced is like, it feels like an attack, but it's actually like, no, no, no. We're pulling all this away so you can really discover like who you are, who you're here to be. And like this, like money, I love it, like money queen. It is, it's very regal energy. Also your midheaven is in Leo. So you have this very regal energy as it relates to your public image and your outward facing self. So yeah, it's like she came here to clear some karma, to be the money queen, to lay down those roots, to unlock the keyhole. And then it's like from that place, like I almost imagine the top of your chart sitting on a throne and being like, okay, now, like, this is how I'm meant to call in the other, right? Like my sacred partner. So I would say yes. And 
I'm really excited for you. I think May to May, like you have to, you have to DM me or give me some updates. I will. And you know, it's so interesting because now, like I genuinely feel like I'm approaching its time versus Mm -hmm. that energy of just wanting it to want it or because of my age or whatever. It's like, I actually feel myself not just because before, of course I would date for fun or like did it, but I mean, I feel myself starting to desire something that is a lot deeper and like longer Mm -hmm. lasting in a way that I haven't desired it previously before. When I would say that, I think it was more desperation and like, like it wasn't grounded. It was like to fill a gap, right? Not to, yeah, it's very different frequency. And your whole thing is teaching about frequency. And like you said, you're here to teach about love and money and it goes to the same big parts of the big like lessons and themes of your chart. And so you're like, yeah, how can I teach about money, about being grounded and holding the frequency and then feel like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in a relationship to kind of be in a relationship. Like, I feel like your guides were like, uh-huh. yeah, like, no you way. know, like, you know, honey, like, and you kind of know, you know, you know, but you're like, but who is like rush this along. Whereas now it really feels like the image I have for you, this very like Akashic image is like you like leaning back on your throne. Like, yes, like you, the other is coming to you. You're not like leaving your throne and going out into the hills to find them. It's like, a, it is, it is this like holding the pose, right? Like, which is what you teach about money too. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this all comes together and it all feels very just true and resonant with your chart. So is there anything else you want to share? Anything we didn't get to any final like takeaways or tidbits? This was beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing that because I always say, it's like, I, I'm going to lead myself the way you know, that I know to the way that I've grown into from my understanding of manifestation, energetics, the practical, et cetera. But it's so wild to see with something like astrology. I'm like, the truth was always there all along. (laughs) It was always, it was written in the stars from day one. There it is. And it's like, I don't walk myself out, like looking at it or relying on it. Other than when you hear me reference it, I'm like, yeah, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. But it's like, when we walk in alignment, it's wild to see what will happen, but also that it was there all along. And of course, you have to actually do the work to realize the fruits of it fully, but it's mm. it's always insane to me. Mm-hmm. No, it's so, it's so true. And I love we want to say magic isn't real, you know? Oh, come on. <laughs> Pashaw, yeah, I have seen too much. I'm like, no, y'all. I feel like you believe in astrology. I'm like, what? Believe in it? Like, I can't unsee. I can't unsee magic. You can't unsee but, like, <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, everyone go, go give Jocelyn a follow, go check out her many beautiful offerings. And thank you so much for sharing this. This was really amazing, really expansive conversation. Oh my gosh, Manny. Thank you so much for having me, for taking the time, for doing that little, little dive into my next, my next life's project. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely going to keep you posted, but I feel it too. Oh, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic RX, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. 
And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.